Thanks for listening to the Church at Severn Run Messages podcast. You can find more information about the church at severnrun.com. Enjoy the message. Good morning. You know, I saw that at the first service, and uh, it actually doesn't get easier to watch it a second time. I'm still a little emotional, so I apologize about that. But yeah, I am Vicki Dallaire. I am your missions leader here um, at the Church at Seven Run. Thank you. Um, I'm also one of God's daughters. Um, above, you know, above that title, I get to be his daughter. And I am a Jesus follower in desperate need of forgiveness at all times. Um, so before I begin, I just need to recognize uh, that it is an honor and a privilege to be up here today. I know that sharing the pulpit is a sacred, sacred thing. And so I don't go without being humbled and honored and feeling privileged to be up here today under the teaching of Pastor Drew for the last 17 plus odd years. And I just thank you so much for what you've done in my life and the life of this, this body of Christ. So, um, so, right? Yeah, let's go. So let's talk today a little bit about Christmas and holistic mission and what that means for the birth of the kingdom. Because it's December 1st. Oh, somebody's ready. It's December 1st. We are coming up on the Christmas season. We have 24 days left. It's all about Santa, right? It's all about decorations and presents and cookies and all kinds of crazy family feuds and credit card debt and all kinds of sleepless nights and the elf on the shelf. I love him so much. Culturally speaking, we're about to get really stressed out. In fact, some of us have already started because Black Friday. And honestly, Sunday is just our little speed bump of gratitude into Cyber Monday where we really get it, right? But that's not really how we're supposed to be. Culturally speaking, we're supposed to treat this season different. Because in the next month, culturally speaking, we're about to spend too much, do too much, try to be too much, try to be too many places at one time. We're going to be exhausted. We're going to be stressed. That is not what God wants for us. And as believers, we're supposed to be different. We're called to have a mark on our life that lets people go, I don't know what they're doing, but there's something cool about that. So, I mean, we're supposed to be excited. Don't get me wrong. Like, we are suppo- we're supposed to be more excited than anybody, right? I mean, because the whole reason of December 25th is because we're Christians. We know what it means, right? So get excited, decorate, do all the cool Christmas things, but do it without missing the point of why you're celebrating in the very first place. Even the angel came down and said, don't be afraid. Okay, Charlie Brown's Christmas. We all know it. I'm bringing you good news of great joy. Be excited. Do all the Christmas things. But don't forget that this season, as believers, we're called to be different. We're supposed to be sending a clear message to people who don't know God that this Christmas is about a single, solitary person and his entrance into this world and what he did for us. Something I had to learn early on in my Christian walk, because I did not grow up Christian, was... uh, 
All Satan has to do is keep you busy and distracted. He doesn't have to tell you any cool lies or take you off any far courses. He just needs to keep you busy and distracted. And so you miss the point of Jesus. And I'm challenging us as believers to not allow that to happen this year. We're going to run into this Christmas season with that good news of great joy. And we're going to take it and run with it. And we're going to be different because it's not about spending and doing and running. It's about taking the time and being still and recognizing who your God is and the mind-blowing reality of what he did for you. And we take that, and that's how we change the world. That's what we do. We walk different because we know the gravity of what's been done for us. So, Christmas is about the birth of a kingdom. Celebrate, love one another well, but don't focus on what our cultural Christianity says to do. We're going to grab hold of the truth, and we're going to run. Now, let's talk holistic missions, and why does that even matter with Christmas? Well, this is one of the four quadrants of what we focus on at Severn Run, and even as the missions leader, I have a hard time coming up with a boxed-in, neat presentation of what holistic missions is, because it's, it's not a program. I can't, I can't give it to you in a words that's going to make sense and say, here's what you do. One, two, three, four, good to go. But you've probably heard us talk about the framework. If you're not new here, you've heard us talk about how we move toward the broken with holistic mission and how we're going to translate our active love for God into an active love for people. But that has to be personal. That's not just Vicki translating her active love for God into an active love for people. That's each and every one of us taking our active love for God and translating it into an active love for people. It's not for a select few. It's not for the organizations over there in the poor countries. It's for you right here and right now. It's an honor God is calling you. He doesn't need us. He wants us. He wants to take our lives and use it. It'd be really cool if he was just like, oh, you believe in me? Cool. Heaven. Right? But then who would be here to tell everybody that we didn't know who he was? Then what will we do? Who's going to tell them if we don't? So that's what we're here for. And that's why we do holistic mission. We're translating our active love for God into an active love for people. We're following Jesus' example of offering a saving truth with a healing touch. Jesus did both. He didn't just come and say, oh, your disease is good. See you later. No, he told him who he was. Because in all reality, everybody that Jesus healed died. I mean, we don't live forever here. I don't know if, I mean, we're, we all know that, right? We're good on that. We all are going to die physically. So what do we all need more than physical healing? We need that spiritual healing. We need that, what, we need the cure. And we all have the cure. We're walking around with the vaccine in our pockets, but keeping it there. I'm not going to tell them because it might be weird. They might think I'm a little odd for God. I don't care. Let's go, people. We've got a job to do, and we're going to do it. 
So it's also about just relationships. It's about us meeting as a church body and turning in toward one another and studying and worshiping and being a community of believers and then gearing up to turn out. We turn in to turn out so we can seek and we can, and we can reach and we can go and we can move and we're not running on empty and exhausted because we feel like it's all on us. It's us being a community and we're working individually and as a team, team Jesus, relationally, loving one another. And it's doing what you can with what you've got. It doesn't have to be radical. It doesn't have to be moving and selling all of your belongings and going. Could you imagine if we all moved and sold all of our belongings? We'd be chasing each other around the world. There'd be no discipleship and no growth because everybody would just be running around trying to find people who are lost and nobody's just being still in where God has put them and reaching people for Jesus. So it's doing what you can with what you have. It's God asking Moses, what's in your hand? And then letting him use it. It's allowing yourself to be the extraordinary love of God to others. Recognizing that we can't do it. That it's only God that can do it through us. In John 15, 12, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. You know why he says, like, as I have loved you? Do you know why he has to tell us that? Because we don't love like him, not out of our flesh. I mean, I'm get, I'll be honest. I don't want to die for anybody. I mean, I said this in the first service. My husband, yeah, maybe, okay. Kids, got you, no problem. But random people who don't know God, evil people, evil real sinners, you know, the ones that sin worse than me. <laughs> people who like coconut. I don't want to die for people who like coconut or glitter. There's something wrong with those people. I don't want to die for them. <laughs> but God does. It's the kind of love that has to be from an overflow. We have to live with the mind-blowing reality that we're not here for us because he died. When we love God so much that we can't help but look around and see all that he has created and every person made in his image as one of his kids, and they go, oh my gosh, how can I possibly do justice in response to what's been done for me? God, what do I do? How do I contain this? And he says, don't contain it. Follow me. Let's go love. So holistic mission is about being consistent and persistent and accountable for the love God has asked us to give this world. It's getting on the road with him and being his example in the broken. So what does this all mean for the birth of the kingdom? Where do we go? We know, okay, Christmas has come. We've got the Savior in hand, baby in manger. We know the Bible story. We know how it all ends. What do we do? We've got to make a decision. Either Christmas is about the Savior of the world arriving on this earth and flipping everything on its head, or it's not. Christmas is about Santa and presents and family feuds and good meals and overeating and overspending and all of these things. Or it's just about the guy who came and loved you so much that he laid it all on the line no matter what. So if you believe he showed up for you in that way, 
I want you to cling to that reality. Cling to it as you live and breathe, Jesus in, Jesus out. We can no longer be indifferent to the brokenness of this world. If this is your first day, I'm sorry. I just completely held you accountable for eternity for now knowing that. Like, you can't unknow it. So now we all know (laughs) that you're on the hook for future conversations that you're going to have with God about not being indifferent. And if you've heard it before, hear it again as a new and fresh reminder. God's called you to move. And if you don't know if you're called, I'm going to make it real simple. Are you saved? You called. You know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Let's go. Simple as that. But we don't have to think it's got to go to the end of the earth and you got to move and celebrate. Some of you just need to get to the end of your driveway. Some of you just need to go to the cubicle next door and love the people that are in your path every stinking day. Some of us just have to read the parable of the Good Samaritan and refuse to walk around and ignore because those passed over people are some of God's favorites. Jesus showed up for us. So think about it. What if Mary just said, nah, nope. (laughs) Go find somebody else. I'm sure you have other pure people around here who can handle that. What if Moses said, never mind. What if Jesus said, dad, that whole crucifixion thing, take it off the list. I'm not doing it. What if the people God counted on did not agree to be his hands and feet? It would probably look a lot like the church today. With people who say they believe, but then they act like they don't. With people going their own way and striving emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually, exhausted, and then wondering what they're doing wrong and why God doesn't love them. (sighs) Aren't you tired of doing it your own way? Could you imagine if the birth of Jesus didn't actually mean the birth of a kingdom? Jesus showed up for you. And in return, he's asking you to show up for him. John 20, 21, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. It's like Simon says, but Jesus says. Like, you know, he tells us to think like a child. I do that sometimes, right? Okay, Simon says, Jesus, you're telling me that I've got to do what? You know, or show and tell. If I go out into the world and I tell people about Jesus, but I don't show them who he is by how I live, what am I saying with my life? Jesus was a game changer. His birth, the birth of a kingdom, it beautifully wrecked everything. He showed up, he gave us a role model, and we're going to be held accountable for all the things that we did and we didn't do, knowing what's true. Let that be the lens that you see life through from this day moving forward. When you pack up your Christmas decorations, you don't pack away that truth that you know and hide it away until the next Christmas season. Because in 2020, we're going. We're going to keep moving. We're going to keep pushing. We're going to keep letting love win. We're going to grow in community. We individually and collectively are going to be witnesses to who God is by the way we live our lives. And I have faith that you're going to answer God's call in your life. I'm only here today because somebody answered their call on their life. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. Somebody persisted with my family 
People sitting back here that I see right now that poured into the life of my parents sitting right here in the front row that changed my family forever. And generations to come will know Jesus because somebody answered their call. And I'm only here today because I'm answering my call. For years, I was an active Christian. I led the Bible studies. I did all the things. I put my kids in Christian school. That's like bonus. Check. Right? Yeah. Um, but in, in a way, I was still living my own life. Deep down, I was doing what I wanted to do. And then it came a point in my life where I couldn't really ignore what he had for me anymore. I lived in a cul-de-sac, and my driveway, you know, kind of went like this. And my neighbor's house is here and mine's here. And we had a neighbor who was a loner, stayed to himself, didn't really believe, kind of no family, friends. And one day I dropped my kids off at school and I'm driving back to my house and I audibly hear God say, even though I blamed it on the radio, audibly hear God say, go over there. And I was like, God, I can't go over there. I've got too much to do. I've got a paper to write. I was literally in school for biblical studies getting my degree. Okay, I don't have time for people, Jesus. I need to go learn about you. (laughs) He loved that one. Um, So I don't go over there. I go in the house and I say, okay, later after I get my kids, we'll all go over. I'll do a thing later, Jesus, I promise. And as I'm on my back porch typing away at my paper about God's love, my neighbor comes out on his back porch and kills himself. Now, was it my fault? No. Did I have to work through that? Yeah, but that was a pivot point in my life where I can no longer say it is okay to ignore what God is telling me to do with my life. It's not okay. You're either going to live for him and do what he says or you're not and you're going to answer for it. He wants you to have some skin in the game. He wants you to be the vessel. He's choosing you. He doesn't need us. He chooses us. And in 2020, we're going to move forward as his vessel. But we're not on a cruise ship. We're on a warship. We are in battle, people. And we are going to take the hill as a community and change this world for Jesus. Or what? What are we going to do if not? Just go home? Okay, we can do that too. But we still have to have that conversation with God. So moving forward, we're going to be a people of conviction and discipline And we're going to let love keep winning. We're going to show up when it's messy and when we're tired and when there's 80 different reasons why we don't have to. We're going to be the kind of church that God loves to be a part of. We're going to make him proud. We're going to be the church of his dreams. And I'm praying and believing, and I hope that you will join me, that we're going to move and we're going to answer our call. We are suited for a time as this. We all know Esther's story. He's put you here for a reason. We're placed in one of the biggest missionary areas in our entire world right here on the East Coast, Washington, D.C., Virginia. People from other countries are sending missionaries here, and we're showing up on Sunday and doing what? We're not going to do that anymore. We're going to see a movement in Severn and beyond where we say only God can do that. We're going to have more expressions of the gospel come to life where we can say only God would do that. We're going to say we're letting God work. We're going to have more partnerships and we're going to grow and we're going to be, not because we have to strive for God's love, but we get to pour out from the overflow of what he's done for us. 
We're going to continue with the Love Wins movement. We're going to grow. We're going to keep reaching people in relational and addiction poverty and all kinds of other illnesses and ails that keep people broken and isolated in a way. And we're going to stand up and we're going to be unstoppable. So we're going to go where God takes us. We're going to step out in faith knowing that he's got us. And we're going to change the world for Jesus this year. Because the kingdom has come. And he's called us to make a difference right where we are. So we're going to let love win in 2020. And we're going to celebrate the socks off of the birth of a kingdom. Thanks, Pastor John, for that one. We're going to celebrate the socks off the birth of a kingdom. So thank you guys so much for listening to me today. And I'm excited to do life with you. I'm humbled at the privilege to do life with you. And before I go, I just want to show you one person who you all need to meet. This is the Love Wins manager at Love Wins on Pennington for our women's home uh, for addiction recovery. So thank you guys so much for your time, and I love you all. Uh, good morning, everybody. And I do want to say Merry Christmas. How many of y'all think it's too early to say Merry Christmas? Some, some of y'all. It's all right. It's all right. We're going to start off the season. And I want to connect the king and the kingdom. Because in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire world. And everyone went on to their home, uh, own hometown together. Joseph also went out to his hometown, Nazareth of Galilee in Judea. To Bethlehem, a town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the, the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. And so we begin another season celebrating Christmas. And, and I, I want to say to you that this is not about um, taking a shot at any of you who put uh, plastic images of the, the Holy Family out in your yards. Okay, are we clear? I'm not taking a shot at that at all. And if you have, you know, a major scene in your yard, good for you. I hope it's lit. I want to come by and see it. But... I also want to say that, that celebrating the, the birth of a king is participating in the coming of his kingdom. And the whole point and plan of God was not that we would respond to the birth of the king by putting plastic in our yard. The whole point of the birth of the king was that he would be born in us. That the God who put skin on would successively do so throughout all generations in the hearts of everyone who believed. And so, if you truly, truly, truly want to celebrate the birth of the king, then you will not be plastic, but you will be flesh with Christ in you. And as God was in Christ, Christ will be in you and, and you will bring the kingdom as Jesus did. 
Now, in our busy world, it just strikes me as we finish 2019 and begin 2020 that what drives most of us, even our faith, is our schedule. And we are so busy. And, and you know, it is just crazy how busy we are. How much fills our lives? Years ago, the first time I got to go into uh, Africa, Tanzania specifically, and um, and learned um, a little bit about Swahili, and and we were in a place um, far, far, far. Actually, it was kind of in the Mbeya region, and 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 near the Democratic Republic of Congo, in that direction. The place where, honestly, um, many many people there had not seen people with lighter pigment skin. And, and they have a name for people with lighter pigment skin, European, Europeans and Westerners. Um, and their name is Wazungu. And does anybody know what the word Wazungu means in Swahili? It means he who runs around in circles. It's not a compliment, people. It's not a compliment at all. It's a statement about the kind of life that you're living and, and chasing a schedule and chasing a clock and, and being driven by things that, that really mm, aren't relationship, aren't that eternally important. And so I want to challenge you as we finish 2019 and move into 2020 that you will be more intentionally driven by the king and his kingdom than your schedule. In fact, that your schedule would be determined by the kingdom of God. Matthew 6.33 says, but seek first his kingdom. You see, our schedules are our agendas, um, you know, that, that are laid out. But, but the kingdom of God is what we're to seek first. And his righteousness. The word righteousness also means justice. And all these things will be given to you as well. So we can spend our lives chasing after what we think we need and we'll never get them. Or we can give God our schedules and our agendas and say, God, my one agenda in life is seeking your kingdom. And when our lives are reordered in that way, then and only then will everything else be rightly ordered. And God says, I'll provide the rest. I'm telling you that there has been not only the birth of a king, but the birth of a kingdom. And that kingdom has come and that kingdom is to come through you and I. Not through pastors who stand on stages. It's to come through everyone who believes. I, I want to, to, you to know that, that the, the king who served was not merely you know, a, a baby long ago. He is the coming king. And he's bringing his kingdom. In Revelation 19.6, the scripture says, When he comes again, on his robe and on his thigh, he has this name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. That is who we serve. That is what we're about. And so to be for Jesus is to be about his kingdom. You cannot say, I am for Jesus and, and live your schedule and your agenda and ignore his kingdom. When the king is truly in residence in your heart, then his kingdom comes through you. Your agenda, your ego your desires, they all die, and the kingdom rises up and, and flows through you. And this, this is the plan of God. And so, that is why Jesus talked about his kingdom and told us to seek it. That is why, even in the most basic elements, it permeates everything. When Jesus taught us how to pray, thy will be done, thy kingdom come, on earth as it is in heaven. Heaven, kingdom of God. 
earth redeemed, kingdom of God. And so the kingdom comes when given hearts move towards broken lives. That's how the kingdom continues to come. Where you and I are moved by the story of Jesus, the compassion of God in Christ. And we recognize how broken and how hopeless and, and how sinful that, that we are. You know, one of the things that, that Vicky says that, 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 that resonates with me is I, she knows what it was to be lost. And, and I, I, I pray that, that you, uh, you know, accept Christ, uh, you know, young uh, children. I, I pray that you turn your lives to Jesus. But when you truly do that, there's still something inside of you that, that never forgets the darkness. And I know what it is to, to be in hell. I know what it is to have hell around. I know what hopelessness feels like. I know what despair feels like. And, and I don't want anybody else to feel that. And I'm so grateful for our, my, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, King Jesus. And so, my, you know, life on earth is not about arrogance and, and being above other people. Our life together is, is about being a people who've given our hearts back to God. We recognize, God, you gave me this life. I have no right to stand in my own ego and my preferences. I, I bend the knee for you. And I gratefully receive you as, as my king. And now all of my life is about your kingdom. So there's no superiority. You know, I'm not a, a, a good person going to bad people. I'm a broken person who knows Jesus. Uh, you know, going to broken people who don't. And so what we got in common is everything. We're broken. And what we can have in common is everything. Jesus in Matthew chapter 25, the, the scripture tells us, um, not in parable, but in prophecy, what is to come and what the kingdom of God truly looks like to be for Jesus. I mean, really for Jesus more than, than in any kind of a plastic religious way is to be all about the kingdom in an ever increasing way. And the kingdom, again, it comes in us when, when our given hearts move towards other broken people in compassion and empathy. And here's what Jesus says about all of that. When the Son of Man comes in His glory, use your imagination, imagine it, and all of the angels with Him, King of kings and Lord of lords, and He will sit on His glorious throne. I mean, we're talking from glory to glory, surrounded by glory, and it is all King Jesus and His kingdom come. And all the nations will be gathered before Him, all the ethnos, all the people groups, and He will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates sheep from the goats. Two completely different beings. And he will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. This is serious, um, you know, stuff. And the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance. Listen to this. Take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. It's all about the kingdom of God. That is what God created when he created earth. And when we rebelled and demanded our own kingdom, he let us have what we wanted in our lostness and our, our darkness. But God sent his son, Jesus Christ. And in the birth of the king, he relaunched the kingdom. And so in this day, in this moment, this prophecy that is to come, those who have let the king and the kingdom come are going to enter into the kingdom that God has been preparing for them since the moment he first began it all. And then listen to verse 35. Here's, 
the kingdom lived. Not plastic images on a yard. Not fake religion once a week or once every seven weeks. It's love lived. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you look after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. And then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we ever see you a stranger and invite you into our lives and to our family? When do we ever see you needing clothes and clothe you? And when do we ever see you sick or in prison and, and come and visit you? And the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. In the kingdom of God, there is a completely different evaluation of life and, and its investment. It's not about those who can do for you. It is, about, it is about those for whom Jesus died. The infinite worth of every created person. In fact, you know, the, the reality of, of the kingdom is those who are nearest to their broken are, are closest to their king. And so when the king comes and takes up residence in our lives, the one who left heaven and moved towards the broken of earth, he continues the same move. And he takes up residence in your life and, and he sends you out to the broken in, in the world around you. And as the kingdom came in the birth of the king, the kingdom comes in the, in the, in the lives of everyone who has believed in him. This is the gospel. This is the word of God. The kingdom comes when given hearts move towards broken lives. And when we don't do that, then we are opposing the kingdom, living our schedules and, and being plastic instead of Christ in flesh. Guys, in the name of Jesus, I'm telling you that truly celebrating the birth of the king is participating in the coming of his kingdom. As the worship team comes out, I'm going to ask you in just a moment to just simply lift your hands up and, and, and open them. Palms up. Just palms up as a symbol of two things. Number one, I'm not in control. I don't have this. I'm not reaching to fill my hands with anything but you, God. And also, secondly, simply to be open to receive from the Father. And today I would ask you in the name of Jesus as we move towards 2020 that you would be willing to surrender along with me your agenda and your schedules in this busiest of, of all times. People have never been bus busier in the history of all of humanity than, than we are now. And this busy, busyness of, of, you know, our, our day and age, we pause to celebrate the birth of the king. And I'm asking you, palms up, in your heart, knees bent, to truly be for Jesus. And to seek his kingdom above every other agenda and purpose in your life. And to recognize with all of your heart and with all of your mind, with all of your soul and with all of your strength, 
That if Jesus means anything to me, if I'm truly going to be moved, inspired, changed by the birth of hope into the world, then that's going to translate into action, into movement, into a difference in my life. And I'm going to be not about me and my power and what I want and what I can control from this moment forward, from the moment of my kneeling and believing, I'm going to be all about the coming of God's kingdom through my life. So I'm going to ask you in these moments, if you will, draw an imaginary circle around your chair and go palms up this Christmas and ask you, will you receive your king? And will you give your life from this moment forward with all that you have inside of you for the king's kingdom? Father, in your name, hear us. As we pray, hear us as we celebrate. Hear us as we seek your kingdom. Would you give him your heart and seek his kingdom? If you enjoyed today's message, feel free to share it with your friends. And as we like to say, love well, live Jesus, and believe big.